0: Morat started, for he thought that this warning which rose from the sea "'had been given him by the spirit of the waters. "'But the impression was a passing one, and he recovered himself in a moment. "'All the better,' he said. "'The more wind we have, the faster we go.' "'Yes,' answered Langlade. "'But God knows where it will take us if it goes on shifting like this.' "'Don't start to-night, sire,' said Blancard, "'adding his voice to those of his two companions.' But why not? You see that bank of black cloud there, don't you? Well, at sunset it was hardly visible. Now it covers a good part of the sky. In an hour there won't be a star to be seen. Are you afraid? asked Morin. Afraid? answered Langlade. Of what? Of the storm? I might as well ask if your majesty is afraid of a cannonball. We have demurred solely on your account, sir. Do you think sea-dogs like ourselves would delay on account of the storm? Then let us go cried Murat with a sigh. "Goodbye, bye Marouin. God alone can reward you for what you have done for me. I am at your orders, gentlemen.' At these words the two sailors seized the king and hoisted him on to their shoulders and carried him into the sea. In another moment he was on board. Langlade and Blancard sprang in behind him. Donadieu remained at the helm. The two other officers undertook the management of the boat and began their work by unfurling the sails. Immediately the pinnace seemed to rouse herself like a horse at touch of the spur. The sailors cast a careless glance back, and Murat, feeling that they were sailing away, turned towards his host and called for a last time, You have your route as far as Trieste. Do not forget my wife. Good-bye. Good-bye. God keep you, sire, murmured Marouin and for some time, thanks to the white sail which gleamed through the darkness, he could follow with his eyes the boat which was rapidly disappearing. At last it vanished altogether. Marouin lingered on the shore, though he could see nothing. Then he heard a cry, made faint by the distance. It was Murat's last adieu to France. When Monsieur Morin was telling me these details one evening, on the very spot where it all happened— Though twenty years had passed, he remembered clearly the slightest incidents of the embarkation that night. From that moment he assured me that a presentiment of misfortune seized him. He could not tear himself away from the shore, and several times he longed to call the king back, but like a man in a dream he opened his mouth without being able to utter a sound. He was afraid of being thought foolish, and it was not until one o'clock— that is, two and a half hours after the departure of the boat, that he went home with a sad and heavy heart. The adventurous navigators had taken the course from Toulon to Bastia, and at first it seemed to the king that the sailors' predictions were belied. The wind, instead of getting up, fell little by little, and two hours after the departure the boat was rocking without moving forward or backward on the waves, which were sinking from moment to moment. Murat sadly watched the phosphorescent furrow trailing behind the little boat. He had nerved himself to face a storm, but not a dead calm, and without even interrogating his companions, of whose uneasiness he took no account, he lay down in the boat, wrapped in his cloak, closing his eyes as if he were asleep, and following the flow of his thoughts, which were far more tumultuous than that of the waters. Soon the two sailors, thinking him asleep, "'joined the pilot, and sitting down beside the helm, they began to consult together. "'You were wrong, Langlade,' said Donadieu, "'in choosing a craft like this, which is either too small or else too big. "'In an open boat we can never weather a storm, "'and without oars we can never make way in any calm. "'For God! I had no choice. I was obliged to take what I could get.' "'and if it had not been the season for tuna-fishing "'I might not even have got this wretched pinnace, "'or rather I should have had to go into the harbour to find it, "'and they keep such a sharp look-out "'that I might well have gone in without coming out again.' "'At least it is seaworthy,' said Blancard. "Pardieu, you know what nails and planks are "'when they have been soaked in sea-water for ten years. "'On any ordinary occasion a man would rather not go in her "'from Marseilles to the Chateau d'If. "'But on an occasion like this,' "'one would willingly go round the world in a nutshell.'